Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. Yeah, just like that, we're in the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about barbecue and grilling-related items. They can only be of the highest importance. Nonsense will not be tolerated here on this show ever. No nonsense. We're not about that. The show originating from... Palm City, USA. Cleveland. This is the second hour. So if you've missed the first hour, what could have been more important? I'll let it go this time. And luckily, we're recording. So... Tomorrow, early in the morning, first hour of this show will be up on the podcast. And the second hour will be up on Thursday. And I'll tell you about Friday coming up here in just one second. Still to come on the show tonight, as I mentioned, Kent Rollins, the Chuck Wagon Cook. Talking about his new book coming out right here, Comfort Food, the Cowboy Way. So we'll see what even that means and what comfort food will be cooking on the range, as they say, or out on the open plains. Two places you will never find me. Camping, range, and open plains. No, sir. However, we'll talk about it on this show, absolutely, because it's live fire stuff. The essence, really, by some definitions of live fire is campfire cooking and cooking in uh, Old Bertha that Kent Rollins uses on that chuck wagon drive. So looking forward to talking to him here in a few moments. We say good evening to those of you watching the show this evening through the video streaming platforms, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch over on the YouTubes slash RD Rempe and audibly over on Clubhouse as well. Taking a look at the YouTube poll of the week. The question, do you think I, Greg Rempe, hate Traeger products and everything else involved and 65% of you currently are saying no! Which I'm heartened to hear that the vast majority of you are knowing that I am not a hater. I am a I am a bill I am ability. Yeah, have a chair, have a chair. Have a chair, I have a chair. I have the ability to divorce my personal feelings and appreciate the products and the marketing and the invention and the uh, there's a thing that I'm a word I'm looking for I can't find versus where I may or may not conflict with uh, some of their business practices or most of their business practices. So 35% of you think yes I I'm absolutely a hater of any and all things. By the way I did want to I, I saw this in the chat but we were deep in conversation with Max Good, uh, drunken honky. Uh, Lakut on the wrist. Look at your eye, drunken hockey. I'm here to tell you that you, my friend, are a watch nerd, and there's nothing wrong with that. Look at you. Good for you. Few people will only those that appreciate horology in the ways that I do. Much like I'm trying to appreciate then. Um, the cigar world, which is why we're seeing Mr. Jonathan come on this show every four or five months or so. I've been deep into horology for any number of years, and uh, this is a piece that only the nerds are going to know and recognize. I was having a great conversation with the CEO, sorry, president of uh, Danson's, which is the maker of Memphis and Pit Boss Cookers and Grills. 
And this, he's also a watch aficionado, and he was able to pick it up. I said, look, this is something where nine out of ten people you'd walk, they've never noticed. A lot of people like to wear, you know, Rolex or tag or whatever because that's what they think that they should be wearing. This one is one to, tough to, to pick out. So, Drunken Honky, uh, props to you for having that horological eye. Hey, here's what's coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 273, taking you back to March 11th. That can't be right. Is that right? No, that's not right. Hold on. Oh, I don't have the right up there. God damn it! I'm taking you back to, let's say, March of 2011. I don't know why I kept 2022 there, but I know it's been longer than a year. Trust me, it was a while ago. Joining me this Friday, as you will get taken back to some point in March of some year, Tom Gellert. Anybody remember Tom? Tom, what up? (laughs) Tom Gellert from a team, competition team, called Ed Q Caterers. Ed Q Caters, get it? You know, Ed Q Caters. <laughs> the idea of this segment was actually a bit of a revelation at that time. Very forward thinking, very envelope pushing, if you will. Tom and his partner had taken a n- number of barbecue cooking classes. Remember, if you listen to the show like all the way back in the day what were we doing a lot of competition somebody'd win start a barbecue competition cooking class spill their guts make some money blah 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 and that's what everybody was doing it was very popular not saying the competition cooking classes aren't still happening these days but certainly nowhere near the popularity or the frequency that anybody was seeing back in these days and Tom and his partner were uh, really into competition they wanted to ramp it up so they were taking class after class and i forget if tom reached out to me or not and i said you know what tom i think it would be a great segment for you to come on and review all the classes that you've taken because it's so popular now why would you want to potentially waste any money your competition team you're trying to get your skills ramped up this that and the other thing and he said you know what absolutely let's go ahead and do that segment so that's exactly what we did and he reviewed the classes he had taken over the years. For example, he took a class with Bob Trudnack at the Barbecue Guru. He took one with Rod Gray, Pellet Envy. Actually, I think he did the hot, ooh, low, what was it called? Low-tech, high-tech class that, Ron, uh, that Rod did with Johnny Trigg. Old school versus high-tech. I believe that's exactly what the name of it was. Um, so he talked about that one. I Smell Smoke, Steve Farron. A lot of people don't know who Steve Farron is anymore, but a well-respected and very winning competition cooking team from I Smell Smoke. He also took Rob Bagby or Rub Bagby's from Swamp Boys competition class. So it's important to remember that back in 2011, again, one of the biggest things going on, the competition circuit was the associated cooking classes and where pitmasters would hold these for hundreds of dollars per student give a no-holds-barred class showing exactly what they were doing from start to finish. So we took his class experiences and we broke them down to see what kind of a return on investment he was getting from them. A great interview, sounded great. And I think if you would go back and grab this whole segment after you listen to the tease of the best of, because remember, you're only going to get about uh, eight minutes of real content, uh, use the link in the show notes take you all the way back so you can listen to the whole segment. Really good, and I think you'll enjoy that. But you have to be subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get the Best Moment Show or any podcast for that matter. And don't forget, if you want to hear from a guest or a segment that has been lost in the archives, email John, who puts them together, J-O-N, at com, and let him know what you would like to hear. By the way, a Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rampey reported from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news across the country. Nay, the globe. 
I got a message from John Solberg, and I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but since we had talked about it at least two different times on the show during segments, it appears that John's get rich Ponzi scheme on Instagram, the jig is up. He had told me earlier today that they they Instagram had sent him a message and were talking about how they were uh, dialing back the reins on this whole Instagram reels compensation thing. And it could be the beginning of the end in a very quick manner, by the way. A beginning of the end of his what would be, I think he's on month six of doing the the reels to make money, and we'll see if that's actually the case or not, but he seemed very positive that this was going to be the case, so we'll have to see indeed if that is going to affect him or not, but holy moly, what's he going to do? $100 a month down the drain? (laughs) (laughs) No! I think Dan was looking for this earlier. Dan, were you looking for a ceramic cooker with true two-zone cooking capabilities? Fear not, my friend. First of all, Dan, let me ask you a question. What do we love about ceramic cookers? You tell me. I'll wait. Well, of course, we love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for traditional grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? Dan, what's missing? Yeah, You guessed it, the real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Why, Dan? Why is it not? Because it's round! Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, there are more than 60 different ways to cook on this Primo Cook. So you're only limited by your culinary imagination. And by the way, live and in person in the Empire Comfort Systems booth, one of the biggest booths at HPB Expo last weekend, The Primo XXL was all there on display. Somehow Max Good missed it. It's the biggest Primo they have, but he missed. But it was out there. I took pictures of it, put it on the Instagram story, so you can check it out there. Maybe it's already off. I don't know. What you really need to know is this. There's a lot of accessories going on with this. Like Green Mountain Grill is only sold through dealers, so go to primogrill.com and find a dealer near you, and then check out and see all the different size ovals that your dealer has, and then Pick the one that's best for you. But know this, the dealer's going to educate you. Make sure you're ramped up, ready to take it from his store to your backyard and have success right away. So no buyer's remorse. That's not what we're about at Primo. No way. Again, primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. And don't forget, at the dealer, ask about the griddle insert that's coming down the pike. If they don't have it at your dealer, make sure you ask them to put one on hold for you so you can grab it up as soon as it hits the deck. Primogrill.com, follow him on Facebook, follow him on Instagram, and we are back with Kent Rollins right after this. Stick around, be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories to complete your Pit Barrel cooking experience. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell... Amber or Noah that the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My first guest in the second hour, known to many as the Chuck Wagon Cook. He has an incredibly popular YouTube channel and fervent audience. He is also a successful author. Many of you have purchased the books in the past called A Taste of Cowboy, back released in 2015. And 
Faith, Family, and Feast back in 2020. And tonight we're going to be talking about his latest book effort that will be released on March 28th, titled Comfort Food, The Cowboy Way. I am happy to race back to the hotline and welcome Kent Rollins to the show. Kent, before we dive into the book here this evening, let's take a quick lap around the YouTube track, if you don't mind. Last time you were on the show, you were sitting at 1.62 million subscribers. Now, this was back in April of 2021. And as we fast forward to March 14th, 2023, you're sitting at 2.46 million YouTube subscribers. So, you know, a year and change later, we've amassed a little bit more than a million additional YouTube subscribers. So certainly great. What do you think gaining another million YouTube subscribers when you look back at your kind of what's drawing people in to continue to hit that subscribe button? I think most of all, Greg, it's uh, people want something simple out of life. Uh, they want to know that uh, you don't have to have it to be fancy. It had to be, it doesn't have to be some elaborate recipe to make it good. Uh, it's a lot about comfort. It's a lot about classic. It's a lot about, maybe adding something you didn't think it fit uh, and making it work. And, uh, but also I think people just like to feel like they're home. And uh, that's why we try to, to bring that across to them too. It's more than just a cooking show. Uh, you know, we, we got a lot of good dogs and some dancing and we have a good time every week. I noticed that not only are you doing what I would call the produced pieces that the channel is probably best known for, but you're also doing a number of live streams. You would, uh, just recently done one uh, with uh, some kind of uh, breakfast food, if I'm uh, not mistaken. That was like yeah, today. Yeah. Was, that, was that today? No, that was Sunday. Oh, Sunday, uh, right. We did what we do, cackleberry bites. That recipe's in the cookbook. It's something that's uh, pretty quick and easy, something that you can do in a muffin pan and uh, make enough of them. You can have them all week long. When you're doing recorded, that's one thing. You can make a bunch of mistakes. Shannon can edit it out, make you look like a million bucks every single time, and a lot of people take advantage of that. But when you're doing a live show, I've been doing live stuff for 15 years now. Anything can happen. Technology, Wi-Fi, internet connections, the oven doesn't turn on. Who knows? Dog could jump up and steal the food that you're going to be cooking for the show that day. Do, Do you like the who knows what's going to happen aspects of the live broadcast? Yeah, I mean, I don't never know what I'm going to do, even when we're taping it. You know, I don't know what's going to happen uh, most of the time. Uh, Shan told me one time, she said, I'm going to get you a teleprompter. And I said, yeah, you need to think about that. That ain't going to work too well. But uh, no, I, I like live. And like Shan said, it's uh, they're, e- they're the easiest thing that she can do because she doesn't have to edit. Uh, and you get some really good one-on-one conversation right there with people when you're doing a live, but also you get to, to interact with them and answer some questions. So, uh, live is good, uh, better than Memorex. No, I mean, I had Sam, the cooking guy on last week and we were talking about how, now this is a guy who's got a tremendous amount of YouTube subscribers, uh, almost 4 million. There was a point where it seemed like he was gaining a million in less than a year, it was quite a meteoric yep. rise. And I've noticed as I keep, like to keep tabs with my guests as they're coming on, especially if they're YouTubers, where that growth is continuing to race. And he seems to have dropped off. And I asked him, I said, hey, have you noticed a little bit of a stymie in the growth? And he said, absolutely, because you can't grow at a meteoric rate indefinitely. At some point, you feel you're going to plateau a little bit. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that uh, you're not popular anymore, or that people don't like you, that this is just the nature of the beast. So when you look at your channel and you see the amount of subscribers that you're continuing to amass, do you still think that you are on the upward trajectory or do you also see a bit of a flattening? Well, you know, when we went through uh, COVID, as everybody else did, COVID was a, a big boost to everything that was online, you know, uh, there would be months that you would, instead of averaging maybe 30,000 people uh, in 28 days for subscribers, you'd be at 65, 70,000 people, wow. you know, and uh, seen it as high as 90,000, you know, and it's sort of leveled off. And then it, uh, what they called, I guess, the after COVID effect took a place and everybody was uh, able to get back outside and do something. You've seen everybody on YouTube, uh, you know, sort of level out. Uh, 
and you get to wondering, what am I doing wrong? Uh, did something not work? We're still cooking the same food. Uh, but then it comes and goes. There's spikes up and down. Now, I mean, it's it's a really good upward trend now. You can always tell when you get a lot of new viewers that are coming on. Uh, we did a, a taco video not long ago, and it was one week it was 400,000. In two days, it was 1.4 uh, million, uh, you know, subs, uh hits on it so and it brings a lot of new people out there to it uh, it's going to always continue to fluctuate i don't really think it, can, it matters what you got going on at your channel uh it's going to be some up and downs all the time kent rollins joining us here on the show KentRollins.com, the website and we'll go ahead and transition talk a little bit about this beauty right here that hit the deck which is the new book comfort food the cowboy way where does the title come from kent well, really, it, it, it comes from all the old classic dishes that I grew up with. Uh, a lot of what we used to call the old greasy spoon cafes that were scattered out across the countryside, you know, and uh, we ate them a, a lot when we were younger, and it was some of the most cherished places that people would go. If you could think that you was having date night and you could go to one of these places and get a good meatloaf or uh, something like that, and it was uh, that and a glass of tea and a piece of salted caramel apple pie for four dollars. Well, you're in good shape, you know. Things have sure changed like that by time and and money, but still the recipes exist. You know, we wanted to to relive some of them old favorite spots that people had in diners and restaurants that was in each and everybody's town that might have went by the wayside. You know, they could have closed down many years ago, and uh, a lot of rural places like we live in is. You see a lot of it that is uh, sort of dried up and blown away, you know, and there's not many businesses left. But you still can remember on that corner or this corner what little old Greasy Spoon Cafe or what restaurant was there, and it was some of your favorite food. So we tried to take that and sort of tune it up a notch, but also with really, I think, the heritage that I had from ranching and cooking with a for a lot of good cowboys, but really a Mexican influence too. You know, we use a lot of really good dried chilies and a lot of stuff we cook, but there's also a lot more grilling in this cookbook. So, uh, Shan's beautiful pictures and our stories are in there, but uh, there is some great desserts in there as well. When you're putting together what is, in essence, a recipe book, the things that I liked about at least the, you know, the, the, the first book and this book, recipes, there's the pictures that you had mentioned, but every so often you take us into a story that you encountered as your time on the range as a chuck wagon cook. And you, know, you talk in this book, you talk about the guy, the, the great lassoer, and then you talk about the cowboy that comes in and sits purposefully in the smoke and tells you the whole life story about fire and correlating yep. it to you know actual life itself. And you know, those are the things that kind of endear me to a book a little bit more. But when you're doing the recipe part of it, how much testing and making sure that what you're putting on paper is then going to be successfully executed by the end user? Well, it's uh, there's a lot of it. You know, uh, uh, some of those recipes were once YouTube videos, uh, so they'd been tried and practiced a little more. But uh, everything was usually done at least twice, sometimes three times, you know, and you'd go back through a recipe and Shannon catch it and she'd say, I, I don't know if this is right or not you know, and we'd go back through it, remake it again. Uh, we got, we get really tired of looking at our own food, Greg, but the grandkids, the neighbors, the post office, the vet clinic, the hospital, they really think we're a good cook, you know? So, uh, when it comes new cookbook time, they're always ready because they know they're going to get some good samples. Kent Rollins joining us here on the show. So you are almost officially three books into the book writing portion of your career. When you look back at that first book, were you somebody that was going around trying to pitch your idea of the book, or did somebody come to you, or multiple people come to you and say, Kent, we like what you're all about, we love the vibe, the theme, and we'd really love you to write a book? Well, the the first book uh, in 2015, it was 2013, I guess, when we did Chop Grill Masters out there in the desert, you know, and... Um, <laughs> that was 2013? It was a I think so. Oh Pretty close to that because the book come out in 2015. That was 10 uh, years ago. There, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like three years ago. Oh, my God. Time is yeah, flying. It was a little, just a little bit more than three, Holy Greg. Not much. much wow. You know? uh, and after that show, um, after it aired the semifinals and the finals, the next day, 
the phone and the computer blew up. Mm. You know, there was uh, all kinds of producers wanting you to do this, that, there, and the other. But one of the best phone calls we ever had was uh, from a lady in New York City named Janice Danu. And uh, she is our book agent now. But she told me, she said, do you have a cookbook? And I said, uh, we have a spiral bound self-made cookbook, ma'am. And she said, no, I'm talking about, do you have a real cookbook? She said something that's hard, got a hard cover on it. And I said, no, ma'am. She said, well, we're going to. And she said, uh, you're, you're going to write a proposal. You're going to turn this into me, and we're going to make this good. <laughs> now, I think people have probably figured out by now, Greg, I'm a pretty good cook, but I'm a slow typist. But uh, Shan is a great writer, a great producer, and a great editor. Uh, all the stories in uh, all three of them books are mine. She may change a few words here and there, but it was always great to have her supervision and they always said, we want to hear it from your voice, Kent. We want it. We don't want it to be like somebody else's writing, you know, the first book. And uh, Shen did as much in that book as she has the rest of them. But uh, it's not never been just about, can I get this book? It's with, we're a team effort. And uh, she puts about 80% in, sometimes more than I do. Is book writing something, because now that you're almost, well, I mean, technically you're three in at this point with the third one getting ready to be released here in about two weeks. Is it something that you like doing or in, in, in some instances, is it a means to an end? In other words, you're able to expose the Kent Rollins brand and the Chuck Wagon Cook and all this other stuff to a new audience that maybe you wouldn't to in the other way. Well, uh, the, the first one was uh, intimidating in a way because uh, it was the first time that we'd ever sat down and done this. And Janice, she guided us through the process really well. And, you know, you're, we thought we had turned in a whole cookbook and we'd done an 82 page proposal, you know, so uh, it gets a little, it, you get thinking, Hey, this is pretty well more than I thought it was going to be. But when you, when they would get it and you'd get it all written out again and they'd send it back to you and you'd send it back to them and it went back and forth four or five times, then you finally realized, you know, uh, this is something that comes from our heart. This is something that we really want. Uh, Sure, the YouTube people probably maybe been might have been the first people to buy a copy, but uh, then after that, I think it was you know a, a lot of the fans that were from the Food Network, but then just a lot of the people that we met going up and down the road because we still cooked for a lot of ranches then, but we also catered a lot, so it did open up the gate uh, so we could get more people on board. But uh, it's always a good thing. When I'm talking to authors that are bringing a book out now, and you know, as we're getting into springtime, this is going to be the influx of new grill masters or established pit masters bringing a new book or their 10th book to market. Yeah. This is the time we're going to be doing that. And I wonder as you know, somebody who was a, a new book writer back in 2013, was there talk back then about pre-sale and all this other stuff that they talk about now where it almost seems like they want you to push as hard as you like sell everything all up front. And then if everything is bought, then we'll go ahead and, and make more where I never heard about pre-sale or anything like that. It was, this is the day now you can go to the bookstore right. and buy all the books. And if you buy them all, we'll just ship more. In. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was always sort of big, I think for a publishing company to say, you know, we need pre-orders, we need pre-sale, it was, I think, in a way to them, it's can you make the New York Times bestseller list? You know, uh, that was a big push at first. And really, to me, that was never a great part of it. It might have been nice to been there, but there's so many other people out there that may probably even read the New York Times to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, that might want to read a cookbook. So uh, we still had a lot of sales with our first book, even probably more with the second, but this third one has been uh, more than the other two put together, wow. you know, and, and that's, that's a lot due to the YouTube audience that we have, but also it's pretty strong on all our social media platforms, you know, uh, Shannon, them do a great job to get that stuff out. So it is not just hitting one market. It doesn't seem like this is something that happens all the time anymore, but do you have an associated press tour or milk run that you're going to be doing after the book is released? Yeah, we'll start uh, about two days after it releases. Uh, we're partnered up with Yeti, so we're going to hit uh, 
their store in Chicago, uh, and then we'll go on to Denver, and then it's back to El Segundo, California, and then it's Houston, Dallas, Austin, and then back to Charleston, South Carolina, and then we'll go through Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and then back in Missouri, and there'll be some more to follow, but uh, there's a there's quite a few tours there. Something you do regularly with the books, or is this the first one? Well, no, it's uh, the first one. We had a, a small tour. We went to New York City and did some uh, some radio stuff. We did some TV stuff when the first book came out, and we sort of made some places on our own. Uh, the second book was released the day they shut the country down because of COVID. You know, so and they had seven weeks planned then, and I think four different TV appearances. So uh, we thought that was sort of a a bad deal, but really it turned out to be a oh, blessing. Probably in great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was great, and uh, so things worked really well. They do. Kent Rollins, but this you. one coming. Go ahead, go ahead, Kent. Greg. This one coming up, you know, we're going to try to reach um, more people. We can't hit every place we need to be. Uh, you know. You look at the analytics of YouTube and, and our biggest states that really contribute to views are California, Florida, and Texas, mm. you know, but not far behind that is North Carolina, South Carolina, and then you get to Wisconsin, Michigan, and uh, I hate to leave any of them people out, but uh, we're going we're gonna to try to catch up and get some of them if we can. So is the locations that you ended up getting the list on that you're going to be going through uh, solely on where the majority of the audience is? Well, not so much the majority of all of them. I mean, we do have a big a big following, like I say, in California and Florida. And right now, we don't have anything booked in Florida. We're going to look at trying to get something back down that way, maybe, you know, June, July, something like that. But uh, uh, Chicago, Illinois has always been pretty good for us up there. But also, we'll leave there and go right back to Ohio at Layman's Hardware Store uh, in Kidron, Ohio. Really? It is probably... Yes, you ever been it is there? probably one of the. Oh yes, we've done three or four deals there oh, already you're kidding. for them. Yeah. Dude, Layman's is like okay. I'm gonna steer the ship right into the iceberg here, but if we have to compare Ohio and uh, Southeast Ohio, like Cleveland area, I'm gonna say this is you know far out of the greater metropolitan Cleveland yeah. area. So you have Layman's out in Kidron, which is basically an Amish country. Uh, so if you're if you if anybody knows where Canton is, you get on 30, yeah. you take it east about 35 minutes, and now you're at Lamus. This hardware store is yeah. unbelievable because it's catering to a bunch of different people. Uh, you literally you have Berthas in there. You have yeah. wood fired ass stoves that you could put in your house and cook instead of electric or gas. I mean, yeah. real wood fire stove that I've never seen until I got into Lamus. Plus, they have all sorts of live fire cookers and everything that you need in between. However, there is a rival hardware store. I'm saying rival, but they're, they might actually be owned by the same company. I don't know if you've ever been to Hartville, but there's Hartville Hardware, which is the world's biggest independent hardware retailer. It's huge. They, they literally have homes in the building themselves, literal homes, yeah. full-size homes. So if you've never been there, I got contacts. I can hook you guys up uh, you know, for future visits right. or whatever, but man... Uh, to have you at layman's that's it's not yeah. necessarily close yeah, to me but that's great we've been uh doing stuff with glinda for probably four years now because uh we sort of got hooked up with them uh with certified angus beef too as well yeah. with there in worcester worcester Ohio. so uh they would sort of get us collaborated together and cab's been a sponsor for a long time anyway so it sort of worked out well for us but i i get really I could spend a lot of time in layman's. There's a lot of stuff there that I could take home with me. Yeah, no uh, doubt about it. So when you're in person, what are you what are you doing? Signing books, taking pictures, kissing babies, yeah, the whole nine yards? Uh, we'll do a presentation sort of at all of them, but at layman's, uh, and you can get tickets online for it. I don't know if Glenda's sold out yet or not. Uh, we'll do uh, two cooking demonstrations. And uh, then they'll pass out food samples to everybody that's there. And then we'll have two different book signings because usually that they sell that thing out pretty quick. And there's a lot of folks there. Kent Rollins joining us here on the show. KentRollins.com is the website. If you would like to go ahead and pre-order this book, you can probably do it wherever books are being pre-ordered right here. You have Comfort Food, The Cowboy Way. 
Right, Kent, so that's going to be dropping in 14 days. We'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll assume that pre-sales will continue to rise to record levels. So the next book, you're going to have quite the hurdle to get over, but we'll worry about that when you get to that fourth book. Let's transition a little bit, talk about some other live fire topics here that are hot right now. Something you've probably cooked on for 20 years, 30 years, uh, however long, flat top cookers or griddles. In the last year and a half, they have come to the forefront of popularity. A lot of the biggest names in the live fire grill and barbecue industry are manufacturing these freestanding units. Uh, A, do you like the fact that this has seen a resurgence in the everyday backyard? And B, do you like cooking on these kind of things? You know, I've, I, I watched a lot of them old people in them old greasy spoon cafes. <clears throat> I was talking about Greg so many times and all they had was a flat top stove and maybe two burners on the other side. Everything was thrown on there. I don't care what it was, you know, and, uh, to see really a resurgent for that really to come back out. Uh, I like it. You know, I have cooked on some for other people, but I've cooked uh, directly on top of that old wood stove of mine, Bertha, you know, if, if I had to, uh, she is a flat top stove all the time anyway. But I think anytime that we can have a piece of equipment and like those that come out them flat, them flat tops, and it brings people to the backyard to share food and to bring over family. Uh, it's just another added plus for, I don't, uh, the barbecue world, the cooking world, the food world and the family world. When people are coming up to you and saying, Ken, I'm thinking about buying a new grill or I'm looking for something that can do everything for me. Do you tell them, because I'm kind of of this mindset, do you tell them, don't worry about trying to jam everything into one package. Why not buy one, two or, or three different things to allow flexibility? How do you handle it? Well, you know, we've been partnered up with Hasty Bait Grill Company in Tulsa, Oklahoma for a long time. And, uh, People ask me, they said, if, if you could just have one grill, what would it be? And I'd say, if it wasn't no Bertha, which the top comes out of her and you just throw a piece of, uh, I got a, a grate that goes on top. I said, for everybody else, I said, get the legacy grill that they have. I said, it's big enough that you can smoke on it. I said, but it makes a great grill to cook mm-hmm. hamburgers, steaks, anything else. And uh, they partnered up with us and they got to making Bertha stoves for sale. And then we designed our own smoker there that they now have out. And it's uh, it's done really well. But I'm like you, Greg. I don't think you just need one little grill. You know, uh, I have three smokers, four grills, three Berthas. You know, you, you can't never have enough. And uh, if you – I don't like for it to be crowded on any grill unless I'm crowding one grill plumb full of 16-ounce bone-in ribeyes or mm. something like that, you know. But – uh, you can be cooking one on one thing at a different, totally different temperature than you're cooking on something else. In 2023, I've made the guess or proclamation that full size electric grills are going to be a thing this year. I saw it once towards the, well, I mean, I guess it was technically introduced uh, around this time last year, and it didn't really see a lot of traction until. And the summertime, maybe even getting into the fall, Charboil had made a, a full-size electric grill called the Edge. And I said, well, one's out. It's getting pretty good reviews, and you can stick it in an outlet that doesn't have to be a 220 requirement at this point in order to get it to whatever it needs to do. So I thought everybody else was going to be jumping on board. Haven't really seen that, but would you be a, a hedger on that bet? Would you take the popularity of full-size electric grills coming into 2023? Oh, I... I'll have to say it in two ways, Greg. I, I'm I'm an old-fashioned stick burner most of the time. And, uh, you know, I've never depended on electricity uh, to get me by. But uh, I know my brother uh, has an electric smoker, and I'd never seen one in my life before I went down there and seen his eight or nine years ago. And uh, I think they're going to own an electric grill because they like something that's quick. Uh, they like something that they can also take with them uh, because – if them things are portable enough, you take them to the lake with you, plug them in, you know, you're ready to go. So I think they will do some good in popularity as it as it gets out in the countryside, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Do you see any trends happening here over the next six, eight months that we should be keeping an eye out on? Uh, I see a lot more people uh, really have went to a really good pure hardwood lump. Uh, 
You know, I've, I've discouraged people off briquettes forever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I've noticed a, a lot of people that come through us or come by us, I'll put it that way, uh, they want to know a good, really clean hardwood lump, you know, or I, I don't have a chainsaw. I'm not able to cut wood and fire something up, you know. So uh, hardwood lump has been out there a long time, but I think it will get stronger, uh, in my opinion, if people, I mean, they're really cooking people that want to get authentic flavor and taste. Kent Rollins is joining us here on the show, KentRollins.com, his website. Of course, you can subscribe to him over on the YouTube page, which 2.46 million of you have already done. Okay, let me ask you a couple other questions here before I let you go tonight, and I appreciate the time. We can make it a little personal oh, yes, here. Sir. Let's make it a little personal here. All right. You, you are unabashed at talking about how you are uh, partnered both in love and life with your wife, Shannon, and that obviously yeah. you guys are also paired up to some degree in the business aspect of, of Kent Rollins. She's helping you get the name out. She's part of the brand and all that stuff. What's it like working with your wife and then also being around your wife and, you know, all that stuff. There's some people seem to enjoy having a little separation and go to a job or maybe they're on the road for a week or whatever. And they come back to the wife, this, that, and the other thing, but there doesn't seem to be a overwhelming pull to want to be in business with somebody that they're around all the time. How do you make it work? Well, I, I tell people, Greg, uh, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I really am. I get to wake up every morning and do exactly what I want to do every day. Me and Shan work side by side 365 days a year. And uh, we've, I don't ever, I guess we hadn't ever got tired of seeing each other. I will take that back one time. Uh, we'd shot three videos in one day and uh, she does all the editing. And I come in about nine o'clock that evening and uh, walk by the computer and I said, how's it going? She said, I'm really getting tired of looking at you. Uh, so I really didn't know how to take that at first, but um, she's, she's a great inspiration to me because uh, she, she sort of brings out the best. Uh, but also when I bring to her is, Hey, I'm very, very optimistic. The glass is always, half full it's always going to be a better day tomorrow than it was yesterday and every day is a great day above the grass so we we have a really good time i mean she is so business savvy computer wise and everything else uh so it really fits well what do you have coming up that we can look forward to aside from the book drop well, we'll be in uh, Lebanon, Missouri, a great event that we do every year. It's on uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's called Wagons for Warriors. Uh, there will be about close to 30 chuck wagons there. Uh, you can get a ticket and eat off every wagon, a uh, little sample, uh, and all the money goes to pretty close to around Fort Leonard Wood area to help with PTSD and everything else that uh, servicemen and women out there might need. Ken, if somebody's tuning in here tonight for the first time and they see this guy with the plaid shirt, the cowboy hat, the mustache, and he's got the the uh, the talk like you got, is there any way to prove that this isn't a put-on, that you are 100% cowboy and this is you through and through? I've been the same person every day for as far as I can remember. I remember a lady at the Food Network told me one time, she said, you're the only person I've ever seen in my life that you didn't change when the camera come by. I said, hell, ma'am, I ain't changed socks in a week. I don't think I'd be changing people for, you know. So um, I grew up in the, in the Hard Knocks University. You know, my, my dad taught us that it's, it's about a lot of work, a lot of sweat, uh, but it's going to pay you off in the long run. He said, get a job, do it well, do it better than everybody else. You'll never have a job. So, uh, you know, I'm not out to prove anything except who I am is uh, what I am. The new book is coming out in 14 days. It is Comfort Food, The Cowboy Way, and look for it wherever books are sold. Pre-order now, so it will hit your door when it is released. Kent, really appreciate the time tonight catching up. Oh, and thank you, continued bud. success, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Greg, so much. God bless it. everyone. There he is, Kent Rollins right there. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. I found it to be completely enthralling, of course. And again... Truly authentic. What you get, what you see is what you get. Great answers. And if you're looking or you've been waiting for Kent's new book to come out, you only got about 14 more days to go ahead and pre-order if you haven't already. Wherever books are sold, go to Amazon if you want, or you can go to his website, which I think I even have right here. Yeah, there it is. 
so you can go ahead and pre-order the book. And there's the book tour. Look at that. Chicago, Kidron, Ohio, El Segundo, Denver, Dallas, Austin, Houston, OKC, Tulsa, and Charleston, South Carolina. Get that book. Absolutely. Last read of the evening, and then I will do a quick note of thanks to this past weekend and the folks that I ran into, and then we'll call it a night here this evening. Since 1991, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association has been the voice of the industry, helping members network and learn from proven professionals. Leader Cal Phelps looks to take the history of this organization, move it into the new heights of 2023 and beyond, and they kicked it all off with our National Barbecue and Grilling Association. I'm sorry. Yeah, with the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's annual conference. Everybody is still raving about it, buzzing. I'm getting notes from folks that were on the schneid going, you know what? I'm one back over. Cal has done it. He's put together the right people. He's taking in the right direction, bringing on the right folks to help grow this thing in the right way, make it more popular, raise membership. Everybody support Cal. Hashtag Cal yeah, of course. So, yeah, let's go. So, if you're in the business of barbecue, or if you just want to be a member, maybe you sell trucks during the day like me, but you want to be a member of the NBBQA, go to the website, nbbqa.org. Check out all the information about membership, how you might be able to support them. And then, attend regional conferences, attend that annual conference. Now, if you're a member and you can't attend those conferences because you have something else that's conflicting, the good news is this. Kale videotaping everything. So once they get it edited down, put it up on the website, you have access to that as a member. So if you can't make it live in person, you can get it all on the replay. Perfect. NBBQA.org. That's NBBQA.org. And you can sign up, become a member, and pick the brain of the most influential, smart, and successful people in the live fire industry. NBBQA.org. We are back right after this. Stick around. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. We thank Kent Rollins for joining us for an extended interview segment there as we waded into the 35 past the hour segment. But great conversation, so no problems with that as we update the YouTube question of the week or poll of the week. 64% of you are still saying no, that you don't think I hate Traeger products and all. 36% of you are saying that I do, and I've lost a percentage of satisfaction. Over the last time we checked that, but we'll check it again here in about uh, five or six minutes or so. If you're just joining us and you heard that we were talking to Kent Rollins, make sure that you get the podcast on Thursday when it's released and make sure you go and pre-order his book over on Amazon called Comfort Food the Cowboy Way. There it is. And if you're in the greater Cleveland metropolitan area and or about, I mean, if you're in the Cleveland area, Kidron is probably an hour and 35 minutes, hour and 40 minutes. I'm not, depending on what it is, I don't know what the date is for layman's. If I'm in town and I have nothing going on, there's a pretty good chance I might poke out there or try to get on-site interview. Why not? Double them up. Now, if I have something else going on, I'm screwed. But if I'm available, why not? And I'll make that connection here. Uh-oh, wait a second. I have a thought. Because I'm a fan of Hartville Hardware, no shade on layman's. And again, I think Hartville Hardware might actually own layman's, but I might be way off on that. So I say this allegedly, reportedly, assumingly, but I can't tell that for sure. Because I'm a avid fan of the... Grill Fest, which is happening again, 2023 Grill Fest at Hartville Hardware. Can you imagine? We could put together live demos, Diva Q. And then how about this guy? What about this? Potentially. Sam the Cooking Guy. Huh? Wait, what about this guy? Kent Rollins. 
The chuck wagon cook. And what about this guy? No shade on the women. I'm just coming up with men. Mike Lang from another point, please. What a lineup. Diva Q, Sam, Kent, Mike. It would draw the most people ever. And I know all of those people. So interaction would go well as we're doing the live cooking demo. I got to email Steve directly and let him know that we should be trying to execute contracts at a very quick level here or a very quick rate and on a very high level. He's going to be like, yeah, well, to bring everybody in, we got to ace you out, Chief. Forget what I said, Steve. Forget it. Let's not do that. I, I like hosting. That would be great. As I had mentioned this past weekend over at HPB Expo in Louisville, Kentucky, and what did we learn? There's an outside burn area and Louisville in mid-March. Not good. Freezing, freezing on Friday. It was worse on Saturday. I left Saturday at 3 o'clock because I got everything I needed to do out of the way. And then I got a message from Ted Conrad at Fireboard. He said, uh, he, they stayed through Monday because the show went through Monday. Even worse on Monday. Uh-oh. How could it be worse than it was on Saturday? It was freezing outside. Literally, it was in the 30s. I mean, if you weren't Tyson Traeger with your uh, timber stoves, you were freezing your ass off out there. I mean, it was uncomfortable. And I felt bad for everybody out there exhibiting because they all had the look of like, <laughs> it's cold. They wanted to lay on their flat tops and their grills just to warm up. So the weather was for the outside portion was not good. Uh, the inside, I thought, was pretty well attended. I didn't go last year to give a full retrospective as Max did, but he said it was not that great last year, much better this year. The folks at HPBA that I interviewed said that they had rebounded nicely uh, into this year. Want to say hello, and I want to say thank you to the, all the gang at Fireboard. They were there exhibiting outside. Ooh. Ted Conrad, who's been on the show many times. I also met his business partner, Steve Brigman, for the first time. Steve, an excellent human being, very smart guy, very gregarious, loved being around him. And also their coworker Jeff Nichols, was there, and we went out to dinner on Saturday night, I think I might have leveraged them into taking me to dinner instead of them wanting to take me to dinner, but I worked it out. And we had a great time in some bar where we had some pizzas, like flatbreads and stuff, and just yucked it up, got to know each other a little bit more personally, but all great human beings looking to take Fireboard to the next level. Of course, I'm asking uh, Ted about wireless thermometering, how's that's going to happen. I uh, did an interview with him outside as we were both freezing. That'll air here over the next week or two, so hear his reaction to that. But uh, Ted, Steve, and Jeff, wonderful to meet everybody in person. So I met everybody in person for the first time. Obviously, I've talked to Ted many times, but great meeting everybody else there. And got a fireboard spark for that 12-hour round tripper, so I appreciate that. I've already used it. And it works right the instant read meat thermometer portion of that. But I took out one of my uh, probes, stuck it in there, and immediately it turns into a one-channel fireboard, just like that, just like they say. So well worth the money there. Now, as an added bonus, if you can believe this, can you believe this? At the fireboard booth, pitmaster of Burnt Finger Barbecue, Megan Day was there. Can you believe it? What a pistol this broad is. Unbelievable. I mean, she is a delight. She's cooking all kinds of food. They got the burnt finger sauce and the rub. There was a new rub. Oh, I forgot to bring the bottle down. I would have showed it. It's a, a bacon rub, which she said blows any other bacon rub out of the water right now because it's no fakeness. It's the real bacon flavor that you've always wanted in a bacon rub. Uh, they have all the sauces out there, of course. They were cooking these huge sausages. She was doing chicken wings. Had some great samples out there. The pro- their burnt finger barbecue products are great. Uh, Jason Day, her husband, obviously, and uh, they were back in the day the creators of the bacon explosion, which really exploded them onto the national scene. And well, what they're still probably best known for is you know for that pinnacle moment. But man, it was great to uh, meet Megan for the very first time. And again, uh, what a personality on her! Just really great and fun to be around. But 
What a business savvy mind. We had a lot of uh, very uh, keen business talks between us and how we operate and what we're looking to do for business and how we are both anti uh, do stuff for free in the barbecue community. We don't agree with that. Not at all. We want people to know their worth and charge. Absolutely. So, Megan, great to meet you. I'm glad you uh, hung out with the folks over at Fireboard and was able to make your acquaintance. And then, who did I meet? Somebody that you probably don't know the name of, but one of the biggest, if not the biggest, gas grill manufacturer, period, in the whole world from Winter Products. My pal and somebody else who I met in person for the first time, James Hope, was up in it. And we got to talk extensively about the business, trends that we see coming up, uh, projects that they're working on, people they're working with. Wow. I mean, what a great conversation that I had with James over an extended period of time. Uh, was able to make a little introduction to him and uh, the folks at Fireboard in person. They had talked outside uh, just on phone, maybe Zoom or something like that. So uh, wonderful to meet James. I appreciate the insight he has lent me since early 2021 uh, when he first reached out during the pandemic. So, James, great to meet you. And then, who did I meet? Somebody that reached out to me on LinkedIn. Somebody who's got a new product that he's bringing to market. Greg Koch from Talon Claw Cookware. Talon, like, Talon. What? Did I just do that? I'm sorry. Talon Claw Cookware. So if you go to bbqcookware.com, the best I can explain it to the podcast audience is cast iron square cooking dishes, and then it's got what looks like a talon claw, and it clips down onto the side, so you don't have to pick it up with your hands or leather gloves or anything like this. You just clip down, and now you can transfer it. You can twirl it around, take it off the grills, take it out of the ovens. I think the concept is really good. He's just starting out. If you're an angel investor, you're looking to sink some money somewhere, I would say Greg is a, a guy. He's a guy that's been in the restaurant industry for a number of years, and now he's really taken this talon claw thing to market, trying to make it a success. So if you want to check it out, bbqcookware.com. I'm supposed to be getting a sample here. It's something here over the next week or so, so I'll make sure that I post about that so you can see it if you don't end up going to the website before that. And what can I tell you? How about this? I was stopped on multiple occasions as I'm walking the inside portion of the show. Unsolicited people I don't know, fans of the show who are telling me, I heard the last episode with you and Sam, and we really like your banter. We really like the way you guys interacted with each other the last segment. That might have been the most popular segment Sam and I have ever done. Like 20 different people. Hey, you're the guy Barbecue Central guy. Yeah. Love the last Sam the Cooking Guy segment that you did. So, happy that it went over well. Really still uncomfortable with people stopping me and going, uh, we listened to the show. Again, I'm consistently operating under the impression that I am just talking into this microphone and going out into the internet and nobody is actually listening or hearing this. Now, the numbers would prove otherwise, but my mind can't comprehend that. So when people stop me and say, hey, I know you or happy to meet you or something along these lines, it still blows my mind. So I'm really appreciative. And if you ever stop me, I have as much time as you need. One second, if I offend you or an hour, whatever you want to spend, if you see me, stop me. Would love to say hi and meet you in person, absolutely, because without you guys, uh, this show doesn't happen, and that's the bottom line there. So that's a quick recap. I do have, I think, six, maybe seven interviews that I got with a number of the bigger manufacturers out there, all with top men and women in the industry uh, for their respective companies. Uh, do a little editing maybe Thursday and Friday, and then I'll go ahead and start releasing those. And it's probably not going to be Friday because we're going to Indie Friday. Yeah. Party for two at St. Elmo's. Party for two, St. Elmo's, 9 p.m. See you there. Going to be taking in some succulent dry-aged steaks there at St. Elmo's. Maybe a shrimp cocktail if I'm feeling froggy, but it will melt your face off. But I'll get those bonus contents into the podcast feed so you can hear all from the manufacturers. And again, we got some 
pretty good business lines in as well. Uh, might be able to bring on some pretty big sponsors that I think I can help with the show as far as name recognition, and uh, they can help me uh, further grow the show with uh, their support as well. So we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, let's go ahead and make tracks out of here. All the way back in the first hour, who did we have? It was Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, and we talked about artificial intelligence and how it can be disrupting your business. If what? You are relying on search engines to drive traffic to your website because now it's not going to be a search mentality. It's going to be an ask mentality. And how is that going to list sources? And is it going to list links and all of this other stuff? Who knows? Then it was Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. And we talked about his experience at HPB Expo and things that he liked, didn't like. And then it was Kent Rollins taking the balance of the second hour as I close it out with a quick recap of HPB Expo 2023 from my perspective. Big show planned for you next week, of course. Can't wait for that. September, uh, how do I always leave? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Bye bye. Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Pride Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.